Well, good morning once again, and welcome to the Mission Viejo Church of Christ. We are only one week away from National Back to Church Sunday. Who's excited? That's it? Let's try that again. So good morning, and welcome to Mission Viejo. We are only one week away from National Back to Church Sunday. Who's excited? All right. That is much, much much better. Guys, we are so excited about next Sunday. Um, as you all know by now, next Sunday is National Back to Church Sunday, and we have some really cool things planned. So next Sunday, we'll have our normal church service, of course, where we're going to start a new series called Hope is Here. That'll be a four-week series. And then immediately following services, we're going to have a barbecue, we are going to have a bounce house for the kids, and we're going to have the Kona ice truck for the kids and the big kids like me uh, who like snow cones. So it is going to be a really fun, fun Sunday. Um, not only do we get to come together and worship the one true and living God, but then we also get to have some fun and some time together immediately following the services. So again, I want to encourage each and every one of you to be here, and, and then I'm going to give you another job on top of that is I want you to invite at least five people. That's my challenge to you is I want you to invite at least five people that need to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, if you want to invite more, fantastic. But I want, to, I want to challenge each and every one of you to invite at least five people. And if you don't know how to do that, we've got some cards for you out in the foyer. Um, it, it's very simple. Just send them a text, send them an email, say, hey, we've got this really fun event coming up next weekend at church. Love to have you there with us. And we'll be out in the foyer handing out those cards here at the end of service. But, but this is just a great opportunity for you to invite your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family, or really anybody that needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So again, that is my challenge to you is five people that you invite between now and next weekend. And again, for all of you to be here as well. With that in mind, as I mentioned earlier, we are finishing up our Better Together series this morning. And this is going to kind of wrap everything all into one for us as we kind of unpack this last concept, which is to accept one another. This can be a hard one, right? This can be a challenging one because, because we're comfortable and sometimes it's hard to accept people who, who don't look like us or maybe don't worship like us or maybe don't vote like us, right? That's the big thing this weekend is the voting. But, but the Bible calls us to be different. The Bible calls us to truly accept one another, to not let our differences separate us, but to let our love for Jesus Christ unite us. And that's exactly where we're at, and that's exactly where we want to be as a church. So today, we are going to look at this idea of accepting one another. And of course, the reason that we want to do this is because accept one another just as Christ accepts us. See, Christ accepts us in our current state. He accepts us in our broken, sinful, falling short state. And that's exactly what we need to do for other people. Now, a few weeks back, we talked about judging one another. And we talked about how we just can't judge one another. Well, this goes hand in hand with that. Is not only are we not going to judge others, but we need to embrace others. We need to accept others. And we need to love others. And that's what I want to look at with you here this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you're going to want to turn to Romans chapter 15. But just to give you a little bit of context, a little bit of background on what was going on in Rome at the time that this letter was written, see, they were struggling with some things. They were struggling with sexual immorality. They were struggling with greed and paganism and idolatry. 
And this is one of these places where we saw this big confrontation between the Jews and between the Gentiles. And see, that's important because they were, they were all coming together in Christ, but coming from very different backgrounds and very different ways of worship and very different ways of eating. See, the Jews and the Gentiles kind of had a lot going against them when it came to bringing those two groups of people together. A lot more than maybe you and your next door neighbor they, have a lot of, they had a lot of things serving as a stumbling block, serving as things that should tear them apart instead of uniting them. But in the end, they united over the love of Christ. And that's exactly what I want to encourage us to do as well. So we're going to start in Romans 15, chapter 1. It says, We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Now, this kind of echoes back, right, to last week when we talked about bearing each other's burdens. But I also want to point out that this is part of acceptance. See, when we bear one another's burdens, instead of judging them, instead of pushing them away, we're saying, look, I accept you just the way that you are. And I want to bear this with you. I want to walk through this with you. Because you know what? We all go through times in our lives where we're on that weak side of things. We all go through times in our lives where we're struggling. And see, that's when we need to lean on somebody who can be strong for us, who can help us through. This is this idea we talk about all the time of accountability partners and small groups and just people that can walk alongside of you and help you when you're struggling. Let's jump ahead to verse 2. Verse 2 says, Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them See, and this is this idea of edification. This is the idea of helping one another and truly loving one another and building up our neighbors and accepting them right where they are. Verse 3 says, For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. See, it's not just about us. We don't accept people to please ourselves. We accept people because it's what Christ calls us to do. It's the example that Christ set for us. And we're going to look at one of those examples here in just a few minutes, and we'll talk more about that. But moving on in the text, it says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that we have hope. See, we have this amazing tool, right? We have the Bible. And we have it in many different forms these days, right? We have the, the, the leatherback edition, and we have the hardback edition, and we have the electronic edition, and we have the Kindle edition, and most of us even have it on our cell phones. We have access to all of this. Now, I love that when you think back to when these these letters were written, they didn't have any of those things. They had none of those things. They maybe, if they were lucky, had a scroll. Think about having to carry a scroll around. And at this time, a lot of people couldn't even read. But yet he still points out the importance of knowing the scriptures and learning from the endurance that was taught for us. So the lesson is, look at what these people went through. Look at what the way Paul was persecuted. Look at the way Christ was persecuted. We can learn from that. 
So that when we're going through times where we think, oh, things are just so terrible, things are so hard, I just can't do this. All we have to do is look back to the scriptures. That's why those stories are there. To give us encouragement, to give us knowledge, to help us grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Moving on, it says, May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ had. And see, this is, this is the key to acceptance, right? Because, see, it's not about what I think. It's not about what I believe. It's about emulating Christ. And Christ accepted everyone. Christ ate with the sinners. Christ ate with the prostitutes. Christ went to the places that people needed to hear the good news. And that's exactly what this verse is telling us. We need to have the same attitude that Christ had. And that's that everyone deserves to hear the good news. Whether they've been sitting in a church for 50 years or whether they've never stepped foot in a church, it doesn't matter. It's our job to bring those people in just as Christ did and share the good news with them. It says, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. One mind and one voice. If we don't accept one another, if we don't love one another, how could we ever have one voice? How could we ever be one body? And see, what I love about this verse, verse 6, and we're going to see this again in just a moment, but he's giving us the why. Because you say, well, why do I have to accept everyone? Why can't I just do my own thing? It says right here that when we have one mind and one voice, we can glorify God. So see, that's one of the whys. The reason that we need to accept people is because it brings glory to God. And isn't that our job? Isn't that our job to bring glory to God for all the amazing things that he's done for us? So that gives us reason one. Verse seven says, accept one another then just as Christ accepts you in order to bring praise to God. There's our, there's our other why. In order to, so that you can bring praise to to God. There's another powerful part to this verse. It says that we've got to accept others the same as Christ accepts us. Because see, it's that relationship that we always talk about, right? We have to do our part, and he will do his part. But if you don't accept others, if you be become a stumbling block to others, then how do you expect him to accept you? See, we got to do our part. Like any relationship, our relationship with Christ is a give-and-take relationship. It takes work on both ends. Christ will do his part. He will fulfill his promises. The scripture makes that very clear, but we've got to do our part as well. If you want Christ to accept you, you've got to accept others. A big chunk of the Bible is about teaching Christians how to act counter culturally. Counterculturally. Now, what, I, what do I mean by that? It means to go against what most people want to do. See, most people want to surround themselves with people who look like them and people who think like them and people who pray like them and people who worship like them, but that's not what we're called as Christians to do. See, we've got to look at things the way that Christ looks at things. We've got to see people the way that Christ sees people. 
See, we look at somebody and we see them in their broken state. We look at somebody and we see them in their sinful state. But that's not the way that Christ sees them. Christ sees them as someone who is made in his image. Christ sees them as someone who he has not given up on. Christ sees them as someone who has the potential to do amazing things for the kingdom. We've been reading these letters from Paul. Just think about Paul's story. Paul was persecuting Christians. Paul was actively seeking out and murdering Christians. But see, God saw something in him and said, I can still use him. But think about what everybody else must have been thinking when that, when that conversion took place. That conversion of Paul took place. Because everybody knew that he was this, this, this soldier, this mercenary, this guy who was just out persecuting Christians. And think about what other people must have been thinking. That guy's a murderer. That guy's a sinner. I'm not listening to what this guy has to say. But see, that's how the world looked at it. God looked at it through a different lens. And that's what we have to do. See, we have to look at people wherever they are through the lens of Christ and see that that person has potential. That person, maybe they're not currently a child of God, but they can be a child of God. And I want to be the person that brings them in and I want to be the person that accepts them and makes them feel welcome so that we can together build them up. We've got to look at it through a different lens. I told you, I promised you earlier we'd look at a, at a story about how Christ accepted everyone. So I want you to turn with me over to Luke chapter 7. And we're going to start in verse 36. And this is a pretty, pretty familiar story, I think, for most of you. So we're going to go through this fairly quickly. But this is the story of Christ having, sitting down and having a meal with the prostitute. And this is something that he was criticized for over and over again. But it says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. Now, remember, they, they sat at these low tables and they kind of, you know, leaned back on a, on a cushion. So that's what he's talking about here. It says, a woman in that town, it says, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. It says, as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. This is just a, such powerful imagery here of, the, of this woman who, who, had, who had lived in this sinful state who came to Jesus and truly worshipped him. 39 says, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is and that she is a sinner. Now, we know because of everything that we've read about Jesus, he knew exactly who this woman was. And he knew exactly what she had done. But did he say, oh, no, 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 woman, you can't be here. Did he say, no, 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 you, you got to go. You're a sinner. No, he didn't. Let's go ahead and continue. Verse 40 says, Jesus answered him and he says, Simon, I have something to tell you. He says, tell me, teacher, he said. Two people owed money to a certain money lender. One owed him 500 denali and the other 50. It says, neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he forgave the debts of both. 
Now which of them will love him more? Says, says Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. And Jesus says, yep, you're right. You have judged correctly. Says, then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? Says, I came, in, I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. Says, you did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. He tells this little kind of parable within the story, right? About these two people who owed money. And, and one owed a greater debt and one owed a smaller debt. And see, when the master forgave them of their debt, he's making the point that who do you think is going to love him more? And see, that's exactly what he's talking about. That person that you judge as a sinner, that person that you say doesn't know Jesus, when that person comes to Jesus, they're so thankful. Just like the debtor. And see, that's what it's all about. It's all about this idea of acceptance. We've got to stop looking at other people and casting doubt on them and start looking at other people the way that Christ looks at other people. And that's exactly what this story is all about. See, Jesus knew that this woman needed him. And he didn't turn her away. He didn't say, you're a prostitute, get out of here. No. And see, these stories are in the Bible because everything that's in the Bible is something that we can learn from. And this story is a perfect example of that. He accepted this woman despite her sin. So what if we truly accepted each other unconditionally? We'd be better together, would we not? Which is the whole crux of this entire series that we've been in. I'll tell you a story about a trapeze artist. Some of you are like, what in the world does this have to do with what we're talking about? But I heard this story about a trapeze artist. And I specifically picked this picture because if you look at the, if you look at the screen, you can see the, the back of the netting, right, behind the, the trapeze artist. And, of course, we all know that that goes completely under the trapeze and up to the other side. And they interviewed this trapeze artist, and they said, you never actually fall, so what do you need the net for? You don't actually fall. What do you need a net for? You've been doing this for years. And the trapeze artist said, because I know that the net is there, I can do more. See, I have the, I have the courage to do another flip or another twist or another turn or to try a new trick that I've never tried before because I know that the net is there to catch me should I fall. If we accept people, if we welcome them in with open arms, we create an environment where they can succeed. We create an environment where they can thrive, just like the net for the trapeze artist. When we say, look, I don't care what's happened in your past. I don't care about the mistakes that you've made. You're welcome here. See, we create that environment for them to truly do amazing things for Jesus Christ. 
But we've got to create that safe place. We've got to create that environment where if they fall, we're going to catch them. And that's how people can truly thrive in their relationship with Jesus Christ. So we've got to accept one another. We've got to allow others to thrive. And we've got to let our love for Jesus Christ be what unifies us. Despite our backgrounds, despite the mistakes that we've made, our love of Jesus should bring us together. Because, see, we don't always see eye to eye. We may not agree on sports teams, because some of you don't like the Cowboys for some reason. I don't know why. We may not always agree on sports teams. We may not always agree on politics. Sometimes we don't even agree on our church service of how many songs we should sing or which songs we should sing. But at the end of the day, none of that matters because the one thing we all have in common is our love for Jesus Christ. And if we focus on that, then we're going to accept each other despite our weaknesses, despite our differences. Because at the end of the day, we don't have to agree on everything. The thing we have to agree on is Jesus Christ. So what kind of church do we want to be? This whole series, this whole series that we've been in has been talking about what kind of church do we here at the Mission Viejo Church of Christ want to be? And I say that half jokingly and I say that half seriously. Because I want you to think about what kind of church do we have and what kind of church do you want us to be? Because if we can be the kind of church that prays for one another, and we can be the type of church that teaches one another, and we can be the type of church that bears one another's burdens, and we can be the kind of church that doesn't judge one another, and we can be the kind of church that accepts one another, think about how even better and even stronger this church can be. But guess what? It takes work. And it takes each and every one of us to really take to heart the one another's that we've been studying for the last 13 weeks and apply those to our daily lives. Because if we don't, not only have we wasted 13 weeks, but if we don't, we're not going to be the kind of church that I know in my heart that we want to be. And I love this church, and I love this church family, and there's nobody I'd rather be doing life with than this group of people right here. But I think we can be even better. But it takes work. we got to take these one another's, and we got to apply them. And when we think through situations, we got to think, what would Christ do in that situation? What does the Bible teach us to do in that situation? And then see, we don't judge one another, and we don't speak badly about one another behind each other's backs, and we truly work together to bring others to Christ, because that's our job. Our job isn't just to show up here on Sunday mornings. Our job is to go out and spread the gospel to others. I want to leave you with one last verse, Romans chapter 5, verse 8. It says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We really could have just done that one verse and left it at that when it comes to accepting one another. Christ went to the cross for us. When Christ went to the cross, the larger 
percentage of the world at that time didn't even believe in him. And they didn't believe in who he was. And some thought he was demon-possessed. And some thought he was a false teacher. But he still went to the cross for us. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father. And he makes intercession for us. Because of that sacrifice that he made. Because he accepts you and I right here where we are today. And he did that out of love. Just like the way we need to do that to each other out of love. In just a moment, Brandon's going to come up and sing a song of invitation. And maybe you've never had that chance to return the love that Christ has for you. To be baptized for the remission of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite you to come forward this morning. Or maybe you've been a Christian for a long time, but you've just struggled with accepting others. Or you've struggled with any of these things that we've been talking through. Myself and the elders will be down front during this song. And if, if you want to come down, we would love to talk to you. We would love to pray for you. We would love to help you in any way that we can as we stand together and as we sing. Oh, yeah.